Hello, my name is Jeremy Giles, and you're listening to episode 127 of the Who's On Top podcast. And welcome back to episode 127 of the Who's On Top podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Fox, coming to you from our brand new studio just kidding it's ellis's bedroom because it has pretty good acoustics and we're also recording during the day so everything's all off here but what's not off is the three kings in the room first just a couple months a couple weeks away from traveling to ecuador but he's still here with us in his paint me like one of your french girls pose jeremy giles Hello, as always, at your service. And next, scrolling through Twitter, fresh out the sauna, Ellis Gordon. How you doing? I'm good. Good time. Gym, sauna, Jesse overslap, mm. but we work regardless. Of course, we're talking about a special guest of the Who's On Top podcast, Jesse Willens. Well, we should have him on. Yeah, we, you know, it's been, been, been a while. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. What also has been a while has been the tip-off, so let's get right into it. Do, do. I'll start with a little MLB and, you know, some minor moves, sort of just cleaning up the free agent market, Brandon Drury to the Angels, Nathan Avaldi to the Rangers, Gene Segura to the Marlins, Red Sox get ace Corey Kluber, two-time Cy Young award winner, the Yankees have nobody on their team who has won a Cy Young, uh, so that's crazy. Um, the big question still around is Carlos Correa, is he going to stick with the Mets? They've had some problems with the physical, just like the Giants. Jeremy, you, you think the Mets are going to get this Correa deal done? It's the Mets. No, man. <laughs> okay. Um, they're trying to renegotiate it maybe for a shorter time, but for now the deal is still in limbo. That's it for MLB. We'll talk more. Uh, most of the free agents are off the table, but still some trades, still some minor guys. Um, so we'll talk about that as it gets on. Let's go quickly to NFL. A lot to talk about with the NFL, but I'm going to, uh, there's one big story that came out yesterday and that is Derek Carr being benched, being benched for Patriots legend, Jarrett Stidham. Uh, they say it's to keep him healthy, to trade him in the off season, which what a fall from grace from one of the truly elite quarterbacks who many predicted, elite. many predicted were, was going to finish in the top 10 in fantasy rankings. Um, but yeah, he's pretty much uh, cooked. Maybe Brady to the to the desert. Brady, McDaniel's, Devontae Adams. You know, uh, a running game that's not historically bad. You, you never know. Never know. Might be interesting. I certainly wouldn't hate it. And uh, as we'll talk about later, Josh McDaniels is definitely better than <laughs> boy Tom Bowles. But that's enough out of me. We got some college sports and stupid <laughs> to get to with Ellis. Just college sports today. Going going through some of the bowl games. Wisconsin beat Oklahoma State 24-17 in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Military Bowl, Duke got a big bowl win, actually, one of their first in a long time versus UCF. In the Liberty Bowl, Kansas going to a bowl game for the first time in a while. Actually lost in overtime to Arkansas. Oregon with a thrilling Holiday Bowl victory over UNC. That one came down to the wire. Great game. And Texas Tech crushed Mississippi in the Texas Bowl. Right now, the only bowl game going on is our Pinstripe Bowl with our very own Syracuse. As they take on Minnesota, it just started, but the score is 0-0, Syracuse ball. 
And then later today is the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma. Finally, a road game for Syracuse. So the road game. <laughs> well, it's in Syracuse, their state. Yeah, in their state, of course. Syracuse can't play too far away. It's actually in their contract. Can't play too far away from the dome. <laughs> Let's move on to college basketball, my favorite sport. Xavier beat St. John's by five. St. John's has been good this season, but still trying to get over that March Madness hump. Um, Missouri. They've kind, of, they've kind of come out of nowhere. They just blow out Kentucky, who've been struggling all season, but they're still a top 15 basketball program. And they're 13-1 now. Rank them. They blew out Illinois and Kentucky back-to-back games. This team came out of nowhere. is really, really good. They probably should be a top 15 team right now. So Auburn beats Florida by three. Connecticut, still the best team in the league, in my opinion. It was an eight-point game versus Villanova, but it was, they're in, I actually watched that game. They're in control for most of it. Um, Tennessee squeaks by... Mississippi and Gonz- not that it really matters because it's Eastern Oregon versus Gonzaga, but still Gonzaga put up 120 points, mm. which is pretty nuts. 40 minutes is pretty nut- nuts, no matter who you play. And Alabama beat Mississippi. Some games that happened earlier in the week. UNC defeated Michigan by four. Howard head coach uh, Howard was uh, not happy about that as per usual. Kink. Miami beat Virginia by two. That blown win by Rux is looking worse and worse because they could have had a top 15 win. But no, Miami's in the top 15 now. That is college sports. Let's move on to, actually, we skipped the heat. We, no, no, no. We skipped. I rudely skipped Jeremy because I was reading NFL and I forgot that I put NBA. So I rudely skipped Jeremy's NBA segment. How very... Uh, how very rude of me, Jeremy. What do you have to tell us yes, about the it NBA? Was, it was it was a uh, it was very shocking on my part, and only <laughs> slightly upsetting. But so I'll just talk quickly about the top of the NBA, the teams <clears throat> that have kind of been uh, doing the best and the worst. The Celtics recently have been they've been kind wagon. of wagon. They've been wagon. They've been a little bit streaky. They well, they barely they won the grand majority of their first games. Went on a little bit of a losing streak, but mm-hmm. they're they're back in hot. Being hot, they beat the Bucks on Christmas Day. Destroyed three them, in a row. Yeah, they're doing great. In addition to that, the big game. We'll talk more about this in predictions, but the Nuggets, but oh. the Nuggets Celtics game, the big game coming up. The two possibly leading people in the MVP campaign playing each other. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have been they have been doing great recently. They're still a good team, but not not. They just lost what their they fourth were. in a row. Jeremy. Yeah, they're not they're not doing great. And of course, you can't mention it with the hottest out mentioning the hottest team in the league, the Nets. Mm. They've won 13 last 14, won nine straight. They're just really doing hot right now. KD is in MVP form. Not saying he's going to win it, but he's been playing fantastic. And yeah, that's me with NBA Roundup. And with that said, I will transition myself straight into Let's Get Spicy. Mm-hmm. And it's been I, a while. Yes, it has been a while. This is what I, I figured to just get back into it. Let's, let's start with the classic. We looked at the the, the stats in the NFL at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. so I thought it'd be kind of cool now to look at them at the end of the season. Let's just, do it. I'm just gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna do that many. We'll just do a little bit. Okay. Good. So first off, how many as of, this is all, all these stats are as of today? Okay. How many receivers do you think are above a thousand yards as oh, of today? Good question, good question Jeremy. Um, um, I say it's around. Should be around ten, right? Over a thousand, I'll say nine. Exactly. I'm gonna say, say eleven. I think there's a little bit more. There is a little bit more than eleven. There's fourteen. Wow. Yeah, so the more. thing is, there's fourteen around. Game. Well, well, I was closer. Yeah. Well, there's fourteen around a thousand at a thousand or above now, but there's also a few that are really close. Like Garrett Wilson's nine ninety six. Christian Kirk's nine eighty eight. 
Tyler Lockett's 964, Jamar Chase 960. And See, he missed so many games. Yeah, is, Olave 940. Like, oh, tell me about boy Mike Evans running cardio. Not that I hate... He's 917. He's yeah, actually... No, and he's going to get it, and he's going to break the record. Um, Not that I hate... Not that I hate the extra game in general, but for stats, they kind it, of... It, it, like, it messes up stats. Yeah. You, got, you got to recalibrate, because... A thousand isn't as impressive as it used to be. It used to be a thousand was a benchmark. Right. Now it's well, like eh. considering well, well people, uh, all those guys are probably going to pass a thousand this week. So that's still impressive. And a thousand in seventeen games, still pretty impressive. For sure. You're, all right. You're, also, you're, a, you're a you're a, you're a great receiver if you. Have I want to pose another another, another dead another. If you don't mm-hmm. think a thousand's impressive. How many receivers do you think have over twelve hundred yards? See, this is probably more impressive. And this I'll is go, this is all pass catchers. I'll go. Okay. Se- I'll, I'll go. Se- I'll go seven. I'm gonna go six. I think it's uh, Jefferson Hill. Oh no, maybe it's CD Lamb. Nah, actually no. Jefferson Hill, Waddle, Diggs, Adams, and then what other? And Jefferson. You guys, you guys are all both very very close. There's eight. Mm. The people wow. you forgot were you mentioned it, but you said no was CD Lamb. Oh, he must have got it. He and must have got this. Week. This is why I said all pass catchers. Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, good. Kelsey's over twelve hundred. Jeez. Good. So I just think it's insane to me how many receivers are over twelve hundred already. Because yeah. I understand stat inflation, but this is through fifteen games. No, you're right. You're right. Eight yeah. receivers are over twelve hundred. That's it's a wide receiver league, Jeremy. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Increasingly so. All right. Now on to the running backs. Mm. How many running backs do you think are currently over a thousand yards, or a thousand yards are over? Because one's exactly at a thousand. See, this is like nine. Nah, it's less than that. It's like six. Eight. I'll go eight. Elsa's second guess is exactly right. Eight. It's eight. Not that one. It's eight, but no, it's eight with ETN exactly at a thousand. ETN is a thousand. That's crazy. Well, he had some really, really good, good games. Weeks. You want to think in the other running backs over nine hundred? Are Tony Pollard's at 988? So he's going to get it. McCaffrey's going to get it. He's at 973. Yeah. Aaron Jones at 962. (laughs) Not this pace. He's not going to get it. Ramondre Stevenson is at 944. See, that's crazy because it seems like Ramondre, like, would be above it. Yeah. And the the one person that... He had a slow slow start and he was injured a little bit. No, since Damian Harris got out. The person that would have had it is Damian Pierce, who's at 939. But obviously he got injured. Yeah. Who are the people above? It's Chubb, Jacobs, uh, Henry, obviously, yep. uh, Saquon. Yep. Um, I'm bad at like recalling this kind of stuff. Miles Sanders. Or ETN. Miles Sanders. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. Run. Justin Fields, actually. Oh. Well, he said running backs. I did say running backs. That's, um, that's, 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 yeah, that's fine. That's my bad. That's fine. Okay. Maybe I'm making a commentary. Who else? Yeah, that's fine. All right. And now here's my question. How many are above 1,200 yards? It's, I think Four. it's just what... Fields is above 1,200, I believe. It's now. Okay, so it's Henry, uh, Chubb, Jacobs, Jacobs and um, uh, I think Miles Sanders. Is yeah, Miles Sanders is probably sneakily there. It's Saquon. Now. Saquon's the first. Right, Saquon. Miles Sanders is really close, though. He's 1175. All right. Yeah, so just uh, just giving you a sense. All right, now I'm going to end it off by doing just TDs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how many, how many players... Okay, I'll say this in general. How many players do you think have 10 TDs or more running the ball? And then I'm going to do receiving, and then running this is going to be good. Oh, I suck at this. Um, 10 TDs running the ball? Five. I don't know. It could be It could be like a lot. Probably, yeah. Wait. Seven? Because all those guys we probably mentioned probably have 10 rushing touchdowns. Plus more. Then you throw Stevenson in like Austin, Austin Eckler. 
Uh, and like James Conner probably has it, so I'm gonna go eleven. You're close. There's nine. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the, you guys are both close. So the players are Jamal Williams at fourteen. Yeah, because yeah, you guys Mickey Mouse touchdowns. Yeah, Derrick Henry at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jalen Hurts at thirteen. I said players this time, mm-hmm. not running backs. Yeah. Nick Chubb at twelve. Yeah. Eckler at eleven. Zeke at eleven. Jacobs at eleven. Miles Sanders at eleven. And lastly, Saquon at ten. Mm. But even more gonna get it than you think, because Pollard's at nine, Kenneth Walker's at nine. Well, you can easily get it. You can You don't know. It's not the same way as yards where you're yeah. like gonna get it. But right, it could, it's probably gonna be at least one or two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Dalvin Cook and Justin Fields are at eight. All right. Now let's finally end it with the touchdowns of receiving. We can save the passing stats for another day. Okay, sounds good. For we'll keep it for a rainy day. How many receivers do you think have ten touchdowns or more? Uh, definitely Justin Jefferson. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh, does this tight ends count? Yes. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know because Tyree Kill, I don't think has 10. No, no. I'll uh, go 10. I'll go 10. I think Waddle has 10. 10 has 10. Go uh, no, it has to be more. No, but not necessarily. I feel yeah, like. I'll go 10 as 10. I'm going to go 8. You guys are both way off. It's only 4. Wow. What? Yeah, it's a lot less than you would sense. think. So it's Jefferson, Kelsey. Jefferson's not on. Jefferson has 8. What? I yeah. know. It's yeah, crazy. He has like four weeks for his Does Tyler Lockett have 10? 10, yes. The, the, no, he does not. Tyler Lockett also has he eight. He had six in a row. So I know, but they're all ones. So the ones that have... So Devontae Adams has 12. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey on. has 12. Uh-huh. A.J. Brown has 10. And Stephon Diggs has 10. A.J. Brown, yeah. Then the one there's a lot with eight, which is Jamar Chase has eight. Jefferson has eight. Kittle right. has eight. Lamb, Lockett, Kittle and Waddle. Kittle. Kittle's eight have come in like the last four weeks, though. Yeah, he's been going off. These it's last just weeks. well, he missed them. I don't know. It's just interesting to me because I guess it just shows you're spreading many... it around. Yeah, and like you wouldn't. Yeah, I would have thought it would have been more receivers at ten. Well, maybe on the next let's get spicy, we yeah, can maybe. compare it to other years. All right, Jeremy, great. Let's get spicy. Always plucking the old brain cells. We haven't done this in a while, and we usually do it later in the show. But we're gonna do a little Hall of Fame Hall of shame we got some people to commemorate and some people to trash but we'll start positive because uh, i like ending negative uh ellis yeah put in the hall of fame seems like an obvious one i meant to do it last week but i give you a clue who it is but i got a little me and max got a little carried away before doing it so it's gonna be messy goat of the sport perfect last dance in the world cup uh, if you want to see me and Max's and everyone's thoughts on Messi, you can just go to the next episode. I don't want to. We got a big episode today, so I don't want to talk too much about him. But yeah, like class, class at. Well, his one blemish is he's like, he's like in the court all the time for tax evasion. But forgetting about that, he probably should be in jail for sure for like evading like millions of dollars in taxes. But forgetting about that for a second, this is a positive segment. He's a class teammate, class person. Go to the sport. Best highlight reel. Otherworldly stats, every major trophy. There's not a single, yeah. There's not a single blemish to his career. I don't think anymore. Like, how many sports goats, even goats, can you say there's not a singular blemish to their career? I don't know. I said Messi hasn't won a World Cup since this, this one. That could be a blemish. Oh no, no. We we've like talked that. a lot about Messi. We don't need to talk. More yeah, about good Messi. point. Yeah, Jeremy. just just want. I just want to put him in the Hall of Fame because officially because he deserves. I it. just want to say to Messi though, Messi, you're welcome. I know you have a lot of accomplishments. But oh you know, yeah, this one is gonna yeah. be the one you cherish yeah. the most. This is the one he was missing. You'll put that on his uh, mantle and next to all those unpaid yes. tax forms. All right, <laughs> now for someone who's decidedly worse at his profession and should really be in jail is John 
Heyman, New York Post baseball insider. I say insider with quotations because here's what happens. He had a little, little chummy relationship with uh, mega agent Scott Boris. And Scott Boris will feed him information like, hey, hey, say this team is in on this guy to try and drive the price up. And John Heyman, with no shame, will uh, just do what Scott Boris says. Like, please, please, Daddy Boris, feed me, feed me. And uh, that's why he always, everyone follows him. I mean, it works. They, I mean, he's always the first to break stuff. Uh, but just a dude with no pride. And he's also just a goofball. Misspelling, wrong. misspelling stuff like Arson Judge, saying he was going to the Arson Giants. Judge. Red Sox are mostly are Red Sox are in serious deal. discussions with Bogarts. That was just to drive the price up. John Heyman's just a goofball. Bad at his job. Uh, bad at typing. Bad at a lot of stuff. Uh, but he did respond to me on Twitter one time, so that was pretty cool. But that's it for Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame. Now let's get into, you know, it was just a, it was just another, what day is this? It was a random Wednesday in December, and, you know, the, we were shooting the group chat as we always does. This was after, uh, oh, we forgot to mention that uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett got fired. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about yeah. the Broncos. Um, but we were like, hey, you know, let's rank some head coaches. You know, we were talking about, oh, this guy's here, this guy's here. Jeremy was like, well, I'm going to rank my head coaches. And we're like, okay, you do that, Jeremy. And we're like, hey, this is pretty fun. So we all did it. And uh, we're going to go through our top 10. We all made our, well, we all made our 32, but we're just going to go through top 10 and bottom 10. And uh, I got Jeremy's, oops, just close the tab. I got Jeremy's here. I got mine here. And of course, I got Ellis's. And the one, the first thing that stands out is Ellis having Kyle Shanahan as his best coach in the week. Yeah, I mean, considering all the injuries that's happened in San Francisco, and he's down to his third-string quarterback, and they're just chugging along. His offense is it's just a masterclass in success and easy ability for a quarterback, but still being very good. Um, defense is fantastic. The one blemish to Kyle Shanahan has always been he's a choker. But, you know, I find that a little unfair. He did choke the Falcons game away. His play calling was bad, but he was an OC then. As a head coach, you got to look at his... Against the against the 49, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I don't know how much he could have done wrong. He might have chewed a little more clock, but it was also just the Chiefs. They struck really quickly. Last uh, last year against the Rams, the team choke. I wouldn't say him. There was a wide-open missed drop interception, which caused the choke. And that Kyle Shanahan can't control that. The, the narrative is definitely real a little bit, but it gets overhyped. And I think other than that, he's a perfect coach. He's, he's a great offensive mind. Defense is great, and he's dealt with adversity and great staff hirings. I just think, you know, Jeremy, you have him at two. You have him at two. I have him at five. I think he's a great coach, and I think it, I would be shocked if he doesn't end up winning a Super Bowl. But I just think, you know, with some of the other coaches with their proven resume. That's fair. You know, Andy Reid, look at what he's done this year without almost a seamless transition without Tyreek Hill. Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season. He might have one this year, but, you know, all the... He, he, he took the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger to a Super Bowl. I, to, to a playoff game last year. And he's always had great defenses that, in his prime, could probably succeed what the Niners have done here. For sure. And, and then uh, John Harbaugh, I, who's won a Super Bowl. And uh, we'll talk about Belichick a little later. But I, I just think it's a little too early to have Shanahan, despite his career. I guess, I let think, me... Uh, one second. I think him and Andy Reid are actually very similar coaches. You could easily... They're interchangeable. Andy Reid also has a fantastic offense, defense, a little iffy, but the offense, what you could say, is even better. Um, and also known as a bit of a playoff choker for, actually, I would say, better reasons than Kyle Shanahan has. Mm -hmm. um, more, I, I guess, more valid, I would say. 
But I think those are 1A, 1B to change it up. I'm just really impressed because Shanahan has Brock Purdy and Reed has Mahomes. So that's why I put Reed at 1B. But it's the same. I, I'd actually... So for context, I, I have Reed at 1, Shanahan at 2. I actually don't think it's 1A, 1B. I think it's 1 and 2 to me. Mm. And here's why. is because I think... So it's interesting. For me, I have the proven record of coaches at very different values depending on the coach and depending on how they're doing now. Mm-hmm. I think if you're still doing great now and have been doing great for years and years and years, to me that proven record means a lot, which is why with Andy Reid. We've seen Andy Reid since... I know he's doing great with Mahomes now, but he was getting 12-win seasons before Mahomes Alex was quarterback Smith. with Alex Smith, who's not a terrible quarterback, but he's no Mahomes. In many ways, I'd argue Alex Smith is the equivalent of, like, a Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. The person, and I think Shanahan, I don't think he has necessarily the perfect resume. He's had losing seasons. He's done. I think he's certainly an incredible coach. I have him at two. It's not exactly like I have him low. I just think I need to improve it a little bit more. And I guess to me is the one thing with Shanahan that's both, I think, a criticism and a strength is that he's done this all without a star quarterback, which is incredibly, incredibly powerful. But it's almost because the way his system plays, I don't know how much a star quarterback would matter because so oh, much of I his scheme. I disagree. No. A star quarterback would elevate that system so much. But I also think, you know, he has, you know, it's not like he's doing it with the bums and chums. No, for he's sure. He's got, got Debo Samuel, one of the most electric guys with the ball in his hand. Ayuk, um, great wrestler. George Kittle. He now has you know, McCaffrey. McCaffrey, one of the, arguably the best running back in football. So he's got a lot to work with. It's not like he's just doing this with a bum. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, with coaches and how you're valuing them now, you know, coaching is not like being an athlete. You don't really lose your coaching ability with age. Or, you know, at least, you know, you're not, yeah. you're, you're the same. You're probably a better coach at 65 than you are at 45 because you learn so much more. I guess, you know what, you know what I think we should talk about now? Mm. This might be a little bit of a jump. Well, well you want to discuss Bill Belichick? No, no, no. That's I what I discuss. Discussed. Can I discuss Nick Sirianni first? We can discuss Nick yeah, Sirianni. Yeah, Nick Sirianni. Four. Because, I, you know, I understand. For context, I also have him at four. Well, let's mm. first, before we discuss, let's just say where we all have him. Dan has him at 10. We both uh, have him at four. And I get why Dan has him at 10. I think it's fair. But I've met four because I know he hasn't accomplished much. But the last few years, I've been so impressed with him. First off, with head coaches, I like I like to look at um the way head coaches portray themselves in the locker room and the media is important, unlike players. Mm-hmm. And he's portrayed himself in such a way as a winner, as a he's like got a little Dan Campbell him. Obviously, that's crazy. But like he jumping on tables, that kind of stuff. His team plays for him, obviously. But really, I've been impressed with his staff hires and his play calling. You know, some teams get like stuck in like. I'm only going to throw the ball. I'm only going to run the ball. Um, but he's been... He finds the, the opposing defense's weaknesses, mm-hmm. and he attacks it. And he attacks it so well. If a team is... And I've actually watched more Eagles... I've watched more Eagles football than any other team this year because my whole family are Eagles fans. <laughs> but if a team is bad at running the, at stopping the run, he's going to run the ball. He's going to do jet sweeps. And then the next game, which is very rare for coaches, I feel like, because they get stuck, if a team has horrible cornerbacks... Then they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball. They're gonna run motion. He's such variability in his game plans and play calls. I am so impressed with it. And it's it's a it's a hard again. It's a hard skill to have. I don't even know if Andy Reid has that much variability. I mean, not to take away from Andy Reid's offense, obviously, but he kind of does the same thing every time, and it works. So who cares? But I think you gotta give credit for his variability on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. The personnel is great on the defensive side of the ball. When Jordan Davis is in the lead is in the game, they're an unstoppable defense because they stop the run, too. I guess So I'm really high on Nick Sirianni. I guess to me, the, the two reasons I'm kind of high on him, too, is 
One, to me, the big detractor would be a little bit, and I'll let Dan talk about this more, is that he doesn't have a proven record, right? This is his second year. He hasn't had that much time to develop. But I guess to me is I feel like he hasn't had a proven year because he hasn't had time. He joined the Eagles and has made the playoffs in his first year, made them like a very respectable team, completely turned them around. Like, I think to me it's also just Jalen Hurts. Like, it's very hard to remember this now, but we weren't sure Jalen Hurts was going to make it as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Coming to his even coming last into the year, NFL. even last year, right? We were like, "Yeah, he can run it well, but can he throw?" This year, there's no question with how incredible he's been, both running and throwing the ball. Like, right? Like in some ways, he's a little bit like Lamar Jackson. But in some ways, he's more polished as a thrower, right? Like, and this is second year, so I just want to just say, like, you can just see the jump in his players. Miles Sanders is having an incredible season. When's the last time that happened? And yeah. Sorry, Dan, go ahead. I think that a lot of the Eagles' success is attributed to Howie Roseman and the personnel that he's brought That too. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, last year at this time, you know, they were middling 9-8 and eight team that, and obviously it takes time to develop, but we would not be talking about this last year. And the big change is that you got A.J. Brown, and that's on Howie Roseman, you know. Like, Nick Sirianni doesn't go out and get, you know, yeah, uh, obviously he has input, but he doesn't yeah. do that trade. And all the key defensive pieces were there from still remaining from the Super Bowl run. Obviously, they brought in some different guys, especially the corners. But, you know, the key foundation of the defense, you know, Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham. Yeah. Like, were there from, from the time he got there. And it's just, it's just, again, it's a little early when you're talking about guys. You know, me and Jeremy were talking about this. Our top ten... Uh, Ellis is a little different, but our top 10 are all the same in just in different orders. And that's because of the, there are 12 uh, head coaches, 10 of them in the top 10, who have made at least a conference championship with their current team. Um, actually only 11 because we both have Nick Sirianni. Yeah. So, you know, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Belichick, Harbaugh, Shanahan, Sean McVay, Sean McDermott, Pete Carroll, and Mike Frabel. The other two who we did not mention are Matt LaFleur. Are Matt LaFleur and, and Doug Peterson. And uh, Doug Peterson didn't make with the Jaguars. Yeah. And of course, oh, Ellis' right, yeah. favorite, Zach Taylor. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's sort of a clear divide. And I think that's why we have pretty much the same consensus top 10, just in different orders of their value. Yeah. I, I right. think I think to me, I guess the, the big difference in like Dan and I's list from what I saw is that I think Dan values experience. I do. Well, I value recent success more. And... I guess well, too, I, don't, I don't think there's variability. Like, I think a lot of when a coach has a bad season, I don't think it's because necessarily he lost his coaching touch yeah. or he's declining. I think it's because either injuries, personnel, I, bad luck. Like, well, let's, know, talk about, I guess, let's talk about some of that. Can I, let's talk about yeah. personnel. Can I, can I say a little bit, Go just on. a little bit something? Before we talk about personnel, I just want to say, I think, I guess to me is, I kind of fra- would almost change the framing of what you said. And I think to me, the reason I favor coaches like Sean McDermott and Nick Sirianni that are younger and are really good is because of how quickly the NFL moves and the NFL changes Mm. and the styles of play things that changes is that, right, for coaches, it's not necessarily losing your touches and keeping it. It's you have to constantly evolve. Like, I think that's That's partly why 
Belichick's been struggling. So I guess to me is it's more, it isn't the question whether the coaches lose their touch. It's whether they can constantly evolve. Like, that's why I guess for me, I have Belichick at like nine. Well, let's, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Because I have him at eight. Dan, is, Dan has him at three. But I actually disagree with you, Jeremy, on your reasoning why you've been nine or eight. I think Belichick is actually still a top three on-field coach when you watch him. What he gets out of that defense is great. They're not the most talented defense, but old stalwarts like Devin McCourty is having a great season again. Shout out, Rutgers legend. Kyle Duggar... And of course, they're great on special teams. They're great on special teams. Kyle Duggar is... I mean, he does everything for that team, and it was a fantastic pickup. Max Calder, when they drafted him, and this team has unheralded players doing great on defense with not the best personnel, so I gotta give him credit for that. But the reason I have met eight isn't because it's on-field management, but it's for one of the dumbest personnel hires, and that's his OC decisions. Because personally, I think Bell Belichick, the way he handles himself, the way he coaches, is still top three. But when you're putting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in terms of offensive play calling, something that it was so bad that, you know, a lot of times... And everyone saw it coming, too. Yeah, well, that's what I was about to say. We all talk about this. We're all like, it's hard to rate head coaches. There's some variability, some... Because we don't know... Head coach is something that we don't see all what they do, right? But this is something that me, Jeremy, and Dan, right? We all could have told you was bad. And we're not NFL. We're... We're... Experts in the sense that we know what we're talking Jacob about. Called it from, Jacob called it from even before when he was hired. He's like, I yeah. just have this feeling they're going to hire Joe Judge. Did he really? Like, no. no. Okay. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, Joe Judge was a horrible offensive play caller for the Giants. Matt Patricia never called offensive plays. Like, I don't understand what was going through his brain for that. It's such a bad miss. I mean, it's probably ruined his yeah. supposedly franchise QB. So that's why on game play calling and that kind of stuff, the way he prepares... He's still top three. He could. I think it's a fair argument to make him number one. But because of hiring your coach, your coaches around you matters a lot. And because his hiring was so bad, probably the worst in the league in terms of offensive hires, he's got to be eight for me. To me, it's. I think. But Bill, I think. Wait, sorry, one thing. I think he's evolved to the game perfectly fine though in terms of play calling and stuff like that. Um. I. I mean. You know. I think the the drafting of Mac Jones proves that proves that's not true because Mac Jones is someone from 15, 10 years ago. Fair enough. Um, and yeah. prove it, taking him instead of, uh, you know, trading up for Justin Fields, um, was, like, you know, that's when Cam, that's, that's and, no, no, and, and that's GM. And, and when Cam Newton but, okay, like, I knew, Ray. I thought Justin Fields okay, was... There, there is one thing I will say, though. I understand the difference between a GM and a coach, but with players like with people like Belichick, that difference gets blurred with the amount of power they have in this well, organization. Has, that's what I was about to say. Bill Belichick, the D, the GM, screws over Bill Belichick, the coach. Yes. Because yes. if you look at this team, there is one great player on either side, and that's Matt Judon. It's Matt Judon. Everybody else, you you could argue like their second best. Well, Ramondre Stevenson's pretty good, but I don't think yeah, he's, he's not great. I don't think he's a star. And you know, it's a mix of like unproven. Young guys who they've got good guys on the defense, but they're mostly because Belichick is coaching them up. I don't think Duggar is a is he a star? He's not a star. He's, he's, he's not very, a star anymore. He, they're both not stars, but they're both very good. Also, but, and they keep losing Belichick. these free agents, and then I mean, whiffing on the ones they do bring in. I mean, to me, the problem isn't the defense. The problem is that. This isn't a modern NFL offense. It's not. It's not. Right? And that goes like, back to what Ellis says. Like, the NFL offense is moving more and more to you. Receivers are becoming more and more important. You need good receivers need to be one. good. Right? They you, have, that wasn't the way it was 10 years ago. Or judging well, the last coaching. time, you could argue the Patriots haven't had a true number one, like, dominant outside receiver. Since Randy Moss. Since Randy Moss. Yeah, and that's just not how yeah. you win. That's not how you win. 
Um, but and you know maybe that you know maybe that how is how you could win like fifteen years ago, but the games change, and uh, the point is I think it's somewhat about defense because I think against poor offense, <clears throat> Jets, Belichick, <laughs> the defenses simply overwhelm the other teams with their discipline. And yeah. coaching. That's why the Jets can't do anything. That's why they shut out the Colts and the Lions. But when you get teams with stars... Like the Bills. Like the Bills, they just go up and down the field on them. Why? Because they're faster, quicker, more explosive. And that's personnel. Coaching-wise, I still think he's really good. But GM-wise, he just hasn't been able to... Uh, but I'm not rating him as a GM. That's why I have him three. That's fair. As ter- In terms of coaching, um, I still think he's a really... I actually had him two, but then I really thought about Mike Tomlin and... Really, just how good he is, because no matter what, Mike Tomlin found, finds a way to win games, and Bill Belichick these last three years has not found ways to win games. All right, I want to mention quick uh, we honorable mentions for bottom ten. Um, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, Mike McDaniel for Wait, me for at least. Bottom ten? No, uh, honorable mentions for top sorry for top ten. Yeah. Um, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, Mike McDaniel. Brian Dable has made Daniel Jones' life easier, made him actually look like a competent QB, which he is not. Um, Doug Peterson is just keeps yeah. on doing it. He keeps doing his thing, and Mike McDaniel has really taken. We, San we do this next year. I think those three will be top. Yeah. I think Mike McDaniel. Also, uh, I have confidence that Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be around. They're going to be together a long. I will time. say Elvis- genius hire. El- the two other people I'd like to add as honorable mentions, Elsa's gonna hate this first one, but I think Zach Taylor, if he goes on and let's use that tra- let's use that tra- transition to the bottom ten. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Let me, let me, well, let me, talk- yeah, we let me finish. Let me, let me finish. I have him at twelve. I don't have him in the top ten. But if he has another great playoff run, I think it will be very hard to keep him out of the top ten after having. I'll do it. Two don't great. Worry. I know. And the other person I include that I have at 13 that we haven't mentioned, I have Dave Watt at 11 for context. So I, is Ron Rivera, who's been great He's for many really years. Good. Right? Like, this Commanders team is not devoid of talent, but certainly not like an incredibly talented team. And look at that. It's a dysfunctional organization. And yeah. what has Ron Rivera done? Like, they've been pretty good the last couple of years. And I don't Stability. know how much you know about Dan Snyder, but he's a terrible owner, terrible human. And what terrible been, all around. What he's been able to do... So I just think Ron Rivera also deserves a shout-out for the top ten. That's fair. I did put him a little lower maybe than I should have. But let's talk about Zach Taylor. Yeah, let's talk about Zach Taylor. Because I'm bottom. Taylor. You know, people, I'm bottom ten. I hate him. I, I think that's him. ridiculous. How Me much and Dan have him, him at 12 and 13 for because, context. And really, so he neat. could be even higher because they are arguably the best team in the AFC. Arguably. And... They are, you know, they're really good on defense. They're really, they're they're really well, dare I say, well coached. They're situationally really good. They win a lot of close games. They've won three close games to get to the Super Bowl. And I think that's how you, like, if your team is disciplined, situationally good, yeah. like, you can't be a bad, bad head coach. We're going to be looking at Zach Taylor the same way we're looking at Mike McCarthy in those Green Bay years. Where he was being carried by his talent and one of the best QBs. No, because Mike McCarthy was always... No, weak. because situationally, that they made uh, tons of comebacks. That's they, true. They held on to close leads. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers, in regular season and non, non-AFC, has ice in his veins. And Joe Burrow is the same exact way. Now, let's talk about Zach Taylor live in bottom 10. This is partly hating, because I just I call him a bad coach. I still think he's a bad coach, but I do believe that's how we're going to look at him. First off, I just talked about how he conveys himself. To how coaches convey themselves to team and and media, this dude conveys himself as a total derp. 
Like, he, like, <laughs> acts like an idiot in the, like, at least from the films on the locker room. Obviously, we don't see everything in the locker room. But from what we see of him, what we get to see of him, total derp, total, acts like a dummy. It inspires me to run through nothing. Mm. So that's that. Well, a couple a couple of those guys on this and the defense is Defense is great, for sure. But um, yeah, defense. You can't you can't think him on defense, even though he's an offensive coach. So I got him that. But this offense, I know they're very good, but they could be so much better. They really can. Ellis, that's what. Okay, no, no. This is the they one. They don't look at their running to throwing splits. He never. He's a running backs coach, and he acts like it, even though their strength is Joe Burrow and the offense. Now he's done a little bit better to switch that recently. But even in the Super Bowl run, they don't play to their offensive strengths. Joe Burrow just bails them out on every throw, but they don't play. They don't have good play calls. They don't play to their offensive strengths. And he signs, and the GM signs all these offensive linemen, and they're bad. Like, like he hasn't coached them to be good. So Joe Burrow's still being hit, and they they don't play to their offensive strengths. Outs like all their offensive linemen have somehow regressed, and this offense could be an Andy Reid like offense with the talent has or. a... Kyle Shanahan like offense and it's a step below and that's purely because of Zach Taylor holding them back. Well, see, you say it's below Andy Reid, yet they always seem to beat Andy Reid whenever they play him. One, two, I think there's a lot bigger flaws than being committed to the run. So many coaches, even like coaches like Sean McDermott that we love, have such a hard time building up a run game. He's managed to do that, which is something that is very hard for a lot work. of coaches to it doesn't do. Work. And I it never works. It's I just watch bang watch a Bengal game. It's is they always get the third down, and Joe Burrow always converts to third and, like, seven. And even kind of with that, your okay. comparison, like, I don't necessarily... Okay, tell me... This might be that I don't know Mark, Mike McCarthy as well as I think I do, but he when he first joined Aaron Rodgers, he had a lot of creative play calls. Like, he wasn't bad. I think he's gotten worse than when he first joined Aaron Rodgers. Um, he had such a good team. He had such a good did. team. Dude, th- he inherited... Well... I mean, he inherited Brett Favre and a team that was ready to go to a Super Bowl. He he had such a good and like, he kind of he kind of tore apart. Creative, creative, like it's creative play calls. Yes, but like I can take Kyle Shanahan as creative play calls, right? It's kind of hard to say. It's kind of hard to say Zach Taylor or Mike. It's McCarthy. also we don't know exactly who's calling those. Plays. That too, but it's it's similar because it's such a good team. It's kind of hard to be a bad. It's kind of hard to be a bad... It's hard to be a bad coach when you have such a good team on both ends of the ball. No, but this team, first off, they're still really young. And they're not just, oh, not a bad team. They could easily be the number one seed if they beat the Bills. Yeah. And then you would have to think they're Super Bowl favorites. First off, they're 3-0 and against the Chiefs, against Andy Reid, all in close Also games. horrible special teams. Okay, like... More coach problems. But, like, I just think... You know, I think he's, as you would say, mid. No. It's just, I, I, I mean, you look right at now, his I can't entire prove body it. of work. Yes, his, that's what I'm about to say. His body he drives you. He's driving you insane because yes. you're running out of things to prove. You're for running. sure, for sure. His body, he's winning games. But I will put it down at this podcast right now, and I, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Three years from now, we're going to be looking like this, like, oh, that was Mike McCarthy on the Packers, and I have Mike McCarthy also as a bottom 10 coach, and he has a great team, too. But I mean, I'll give I'll give Zach Taylor this that Mike McCarthy doesn't have. Good clock management at the end of the game. Good clock management I, at the end of the game. Exceptional. Mike Mark Mike McCarthy doesn't know what he's doing at the end of games. Okay. So I'll give him that. I'll That's say, the only thing I'll give him. I will say two things. First off, I could see him holding back the team, not because he's a bad coach, but he isn't a co- like a top ten coach, right? He's at number twelve right now. Is like he I don't. The most- 
if you're looking for a coach that's going to get the most out of these guys, what more can you get out of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase than what they're doing? You get a lot more. You can get if you if you put if you put Andy Reid on this team, this is one of the best offenses. Well, if of you all put time. the best coach, I'm not saying that Joe is the best if coach. You, but if you put if you put Kevin O'Connell on the team, this is one of the best offenses of all time. I don't. Yeah. Well, that coach does not maximize this offense, but. Maybe I'm too hard. All right, we'll see. We'll that's more I, than enough about Zach Taylor. Fraud. I guess. I guess so. Let's. Because about Josh McDaniels, I've never seen a coach. He's my bottom three. I've never seen a coach lose as much as be such a so loser. So I, as I have Josh him McDaniels. as okay. So I have him as the seventh worth. worst I have coach. him one, two, three. So I don't exactly I have him exactly the same. Listen, his offense is listen. His actual like play calling isn't horrible, um, but. He's getting the least out of his defense, and this dude just—I've never seen a coach lose games like he has. And it's not Derek Carr. Derek Carr's actually been like, no, he's been bad. Ma- he's been. Oh, no, yeah. Derek Carr has had one. Well, of how much? How year. much do you think that's because of Derek Carr? Yeah, because of uh, his saying. coach. But uh, it says that if when a team you are, always you blows, are supposed if a to team be... always blows games, that is partly on the coach. That's why he's a bottom three coach. You are supposed he's to worse be than Bulls. this. No, you're no. supposed yes. to be this offensive yes. mastermind. And Derek Carr has the worst season of his career with Devontae Adams. Obviously, they have injuries. You know, Hunter Renfro was out. Darren Waller was out. I just think... It, also, just some of the things he does are just sort of weird. Like, why does he... I get Josh Jacobs is good, but 30 carries a game? And, of yeah. course, he starts to get banged up. Also, and, it's like, we've seen him as a coach before, and he wasn't great. The thought is he deserved a second chance. It could be better. I don't think this would be how, any better than the first time. And it took him 10 years to get a second chance. Yeah. When he was literally putting up terrific numbers in New... Well, his offenses were putting yeah. up great numbers in New England, and everybody spoke highly of him. I just... You know, it's probably fair that he's, you know, a one-and-done... Well, by one-and-done, I mean, like, three years and done. Yeah. Coach, and that he's just not really fit to be a leader. No, he doesn't Like, some of the other guys we're going to talk on. Give me Todd Bowles over Josh McDaniels. Uh, is, no. I'm so serious. You know, no, no. At least Todd Bowles is a semi Before, before we talk about Todd Bowles, I want to talk about one other guy, and then we can go into the Todd Bowles part. Actually, I got one. Yeah, that go I on. have in my, he's my eighth worst coach, and that's Brandon Staley. Mm. This is something we were discussing earlier, because Ellis says that Zach, we're going to see Zach Taylor like Mike McCarthy. I already think Brandon Staley is like Mike McCarthy, because he's made Herbert miss the playoffs. But it's incredibly talented. Team. No, 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 let me finish. This is the one thing that doesn't make sense. How do you say a person with a talented team who's made a Super Bowl is not a great coach, yet a person who's clearly not getting much out of this offense has been anything but clutch? Yeah, As, I, I, I mean, understand he's dealt with injuries, but it's the yeah, NFL. That, everyone did. No, with that's wrong. Brandon Staley, by the way, I, I amended my argument a little bit off on, off camera, so I do have him as 20, so he is bottom 10. But you can't just say it's injuries. They're the most injured team in the NFL. Only rivaling maybe the 49ers are a little more injured and the Giants. They're a top three. For the last two years, they're a top three t- injured team in the NFL. I'm not saying Brandon Staley is a great coach. I have him at 20. But maybe it was a little high in him than before. But it's hard to judge a coach when he never has his personnel. You can't just say, oh, injuries. You're a top three injured team in the NFL. But here's the, here's the thing I will say about Brandon Staley. His offenses, with the kind of personnel he has, I get that they haven't had it. All season. It could be so much more creative. And I don't understand. Agree, what agree. is their identity? They don't run the ball when they have Austin Eckler. They, but they used him as some sort of goal line back, which makes no sense. And even last week, when they're playing the Colts, you know, their last three games, when they've had pretty much their own team, uh, they've averaged 20 points a game. They've averaged 20 points a game when they've had Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, sure. Austin Eckler. You were talking about not, getting, the most, not getting the most out of 
their quarterback. Justin Herbert has to make like three generational throws a game. For sure. And he's in their defense. He's a, first he's off, he's, I have him at bottom 10, so I, I did amend it a little bit. I agree with you guys. You're right. I, have, I have, yeah, I have him at eight worst. But it's, he's still making the playoffs. He's still yeah. making the playoffs. His defense has still been pretty, especially against the pass, pretty good. Offense, yeah, you could say Justin Herbert is carrying a little bit, which he is. His team is like so injured all the time. Last two years, it's kind of like, it's, it's just hard to like, not, you can't knock him for that. So maybe you're going to be right next. I'm happy to amend him next year, but I don't think he's been given a fully fair but shot. At the same time, he's had you know even when they have been healthy. Yeah, it's, it's just been a couple. It's, it's been a small sample size. Super underwhelming. You have your you have your star quarterback and star yeah. running back. At a certain point, you need to do stuff. Real quick, can I talk about a guy that's that was the bottom? I've bottom ten now at twenty one, mm-hmm. but I think he might be top ten next year. Who? Go for it, Matt Eberflus. That's a good pick because I've just been first off that offense. The first five weeks was horrible. But I'm so impressed with he's because Justin Justin Fields was a pocket passer in college. Everyone knew he could run, but Ohio State doesn't like running their QBs for whatever reason. Now he's become a running QB. Matt Efer Eberflus has completely changed the offense, even though he was a DC, I believe, right? I think so. Yeah. Wasn't he in Denver? Uh, oh no, he's Colts. Completely changed the offense for this team for the positive. Now it's a good offense. It's not like they have the craziest amount of talent. They have Justin Fields, David Montgomery is good, Khalil Herbert's good, but he's been injured. Offensive line is average. And the wide receivers they got, um, they've got a. Uh, I like him, Darnell Mooney. Mooney, who's, who's a great Mooney. two, but not really a one, and nobody else. So he's really ma- he's maximized his offense to the fullest. Defense has been horrible, but they you might have. Him, you gotta give him time to build personnel. They might yeah. have one. Well, I was about to say they might have one. Their, their secondary is okay, but they might have one of the worst front seven of all time. I was watching right, team, highlights of team, their front teams seven. Just run up and down on them. Someone said it's like. They might not even, like, they might not even, there's, like, 30-yard runs where they don't touch them. Like, it's flag football. Like, this guy would have been 30-yard run with flag football. That's how bad yeah. they are. They create no pressure. They're linebackers, like, but they've got the most cap space. So if they do make good signings, he could easily be a top-ten coach next year. Yeah, so I mean, and they have a division play. that, let's face it, like, you know, the Packers are clearly on the downswing. The Lions, you know, they're always sort of a mess. Although, they're not this year. Why don't you guys have Dan Campbell? I know that's sort of a... I am at no, 18. No, no, I have him at 19. I have um, his play calling. Listen, he gets the most out of his team. His, but the, isn't that the most? You know what? But his play calling is situationally. Clock, you know situationally what he kind of. You know what he so kind of reminds. You know what he kind of reminds me of a little. This is I think something Collins said. That I kind of agree. In some ways, he reminds me of a much worse uh, Mike Vrabel. It's like the same style. Yes, of, like, yes, physical. it is. But there is. But he has time to be better. Mike also, Vrabel, I think. You know, I think there is. I saw someone talk about hot seat maybe, but Vrabel. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. No, because they're decent. He's a great he coach. gets the most out of his. He, yeah, he's yeah. the ultimate. Get the most and the, out of his. And the players players love him. Yeah. Where you have Robert Sala. I have him I, low. I feel like I have him at fifteen. I have him at nineteen. I have him at eighteen. But right, so I mean, well. there, there's. I have him behind guys like Kevin O'Connell, who's gonna get a two season. Yeah, playoff. I have him. Ron with, Rivera, who's proven. I have him right. So for me, where I have him, is I have him right above Kevin O'Connell and Mike McDaniel. But I think I will say I am a Jets fan. I do think he's very much turned this team around. I think so too. But I think you know I'm not gonna you know praise him. Praise him uh, too much for you know going seven and seven in his second year. I get he doesn't have a quarterback. I get there's been personnel issues, and I get that he's turned the team really around. But you know it's still like you know you're seven and seven in year yeah. two. Like it's you're not a you're not a top ten coach. All right. Yeah, and uh, I guess I have I have I two more. Can I take two more things? Right, two sure. people. First of all, I guess one point, and this is one thing I was talking to them about a little bit, to the guys about a little bit before the podcast is, that's so interesting to me, it's like, 
how many good coaches there are. There's in a this lot. League. Yeah. Because like it's a, a mix between you know. Because the thing is. Like, we might look back and be like, oh, there's not a lot of good coaches. Because the guys we might think are good, you know, I feel like easily see Brian Dable, you know, falling off. Fire or Robert Sala. Or Sala. But it just feels like there's a lot because you got the established guys. Um, and then it's a lot like the quarterback position. You have the established guys hanging on. And then, you know, these up-and-coming guys. And probably only right. two or three of them are going to turn into guys who are established. With their team. Established. Yeah, like Shanahan and Sirianni yeah. with their team for two or three, uh, ten years. I guess the so Wait, I just I, want, sorry, go on. no, I can say that a little bit. I just wanted to mention because like I'm very happy with Robert Sala as our coach right now, and I don't think having him at 18 and 19 is that I haven't been 50, but I don't think that's unfair by yeah. any means. And I think the other one person that's not in the league that I'd be curious about is I'm not going to say Sean Payton actually because I think he's pr- very clearly in the top 10. Is yeah, Frank Reich. Hmm. Who got hired? Where I gotta see him? more. I used to love Frank Reich, but like he kind of disappointed yeah. me at the end there. So, I but that about. is such a dysfunctional franchise. The thing with coaches, like you got it. That's why I give so much credit to Ron Rivera because look at this. It's a it's it's a losing. We don't see behind the scenes and franchise matters a, as much. It's a losing yeah. organization. It's a dysfunctional organization. That's why I'm giving some credit to Robert Sala. Losing yeah. organization and dysfunctional. They got on back because Joe Douglas is a good GM and uh, Dan Campbell too. You know, you got to give those guys credit. For sure. Um, I want to say one last point. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your bottom three? And I think we should end this then. Uh, for me, it's... In order. Dennis Allen at three, Kingsbury at two, and Lovey Smith at one. See, me and Jeremy were talking about this. Lovey yeah. Smith did make a Super Bowl. Yeah. He did make a Super Bowl. And he has his team playing hard for his him. his team is playing hard. His team is playing and hard. Actually, they they yeah, almost, beat disrespectful. The, almost beat the Chiefs. That's disrespectful. There's a lot of... Um, I have Cliff Kingsbury last, second to last. I have Dennis Allen, third to last. I have Josh McDaniels, honorable mention. I have Todd Bowles, fourth last. See, Cliff and, Kingsbury's Cardinals with their third string I'm, QB, uh, third string QB uh, looked thoroughly more prepared and more well coached. Then the Bucks, who decided to run, he had a good week. Three straight times on week. second and one up the middle with Leonard also, Fournette. Also, you top bowls is your last. Oh, coach. that's my last coach. Yeah, he's he's also, a great defensive coordinator, but he's as nah. That's not called great. He's a mid defensive. I mean, I, I will say I have Todd Bowles at my fourth from last. Do you guys, you guys see that speech with? Um, he's horrible. Those all four Julio, Julio Jones yeah, and Mike horrible. Evans looking at the ground, not paying attention, giving his team. Two days off for beating a third-string quarterback. Like Josh he's a McDaniels, joke. Josh he's a McDaniels, joke. Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, Cliff Kingsbury all get my horrible designation. The rest, like even Arthur Smith, I have him at twenty-five. I think he's okay. Yeah, but I know he's got his Falcons team playing. You know, not a lot of per- not a lot of talent there, but he's been yeah. hard. I, okay. I will say, I do think we should move on from coaches. Yeah, I think it's been interesting, talk. and I think there's a lot more we could discuss. Yeah, yeah of course, there's a ton yeah. with coaches. But I do think for the sake of time and for not boring you all, we should probably move on. Yeah, let's do good bad fantasy. Yeah? Dan, you ready? Uh, yeah, we'll go uh, We'll go pretty quick with this because we talked a lot about football. But just the Niners machine. We talked about Kyle Shanahan. But it's almost like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is because they're still going to drop 37 on a pretty good commander's defense. And it's just the per- the way they just sort of maul teams – you know, not the Chiefs, but pretty much everybody else, you got to think, even if Jimmy G doesn't come back, they're going to be a tough out for anybody in the playoffs with the other 52 guys on the roster. And Brock Purdy, you know, taking care of the ball, doing all the little things, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I think for me with my good, I'm going to say the the Vikings, just because they, they won against the Giants barely with a 60-yard field goal, just because to me it's so 
almost, I want to say, strange, right? You hear Kirk Cousins that's, like, not clutch quarterback. They're now 11-0 in one-possession games this season. I know it's just the regular season, but still, that's crazy. They're, at least now, I kind of do think so. They're the most clutch regular season team of all time, and it's just... Just giving them their kudos. I don't know if they're going to do well in the playoffs. I don't know if they're frauds or not. But at least as of now, that's very impressive. So kudos to them. All right, my good. I have two real quick. Packers, they've really risen from the dead these last weeks. They're playing good football. And Rodgers is playing better. The team is playing very well, more more cohesive. And they have a chance to make the playoffs. And the Jags, I mean, I was so high in Trevor Lawrence. I was so disappointed last year when he played bad. But Doug Peterson has got him playing amazing again. And he's, he's looked incredible. The team looked, you know, the personnel's not great, but they, they might make a playoff spot. So so I'm, I'm proud of them. I, I always root for the Jags because I feel bad because they've always sucked for so long. Plus, I like their uniforms, and I love Trevor Lawrence. So I think this team is competent again. Well, for bad, I originally wrote down Patriots, but we already talked about them fumbling the bag, literally. But the Dolphins have not lost four in a row. They keep bungling the Tua concussion. Now, I saw some people saying, like, Tua should, like, let them know about if he has symptoms. And Tua should retire. And bl- blame To be on- fully honest, he should retire. It's not safe for him. Three concussions in a season. And what we know now about concussions, like yeah. straight up, he should just retire. But he's not. Well, that's well. a that's a whole other story. But this, they really gave that game away against an inferior Packers team with the lead in the second half at home in a game they really needed to win. Now they're going to go to New England with hey, there's the two teams I just talked about, uh, like we talked about last week with Bulls and Kingsbury. It might be an incomp incomp off between uh, this. Patriots team that keeps shooting themselves in the foot, and a Dolphins team that keeps shooting themselves in the foot. So it should be interesting. But yeah, Dolphins, man. What's going on? Uh, yeah, for me, I'm just going to quickly say the Jets. I'm not going to talk about the Jets that long, <laughs> but last week was pathetic. We scored three points against the Jaguars. I don't care how well they're playing. You can't score three weeks. Zach Wilson looked helpless. Thankfully, this week we have Mike White back against the Seahawks, and I really hope we win because it's pretty much do or die for us. All right, I got Broncos. I mean, we've talked about them being bad all season. My Super Bowl picks, ouch. Just this week. Um, well, Nathaniel Hackett was fired, and rightfully so, because it was Minnesota's leading Syracuse 14-0, by the way. But it was um, it was bad. It, it, they, they got blown out um, 51-14, right? Yep. On Nickelodeon. That, yeah. that made it worse. Against a Rams team, which is certified to be horrible, like horrible, horrible. And they, but they that's what I'm They made Maker Mayfield look great. One quick thing. You know, that's what makes Sean McVay good. Yes. They've been competitive every game with, uh, you just talked about the, you just talked about the Packers. They were right with, they are with them, with, despite Baker Mayfield on Monday night on the road. And now they're just destroying a, that's, that's the difference between an underachieving team with, with poor, uh, that's also poorly coached and underachieving team that is well coached. Yeah, I agree. But he's making Baker Mayfield look good. This team is, yeah. F- All you need to know is this. They got made fun of by Patrick Starr on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's, and that's that a low is low. the peak low. We'll see if <laughs> Russell Wilson still has it next year. For now, it's a lost season. Nathaniel Hackett got fired. They have no picks. Broncos fans went from a dream season to in the dumps. Yeah, so let's move on to fantasy. And, you know, I've enjoyed my fantasy football time this year. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun talking about it, uh, talking trash. But four higher seeds in the playoffs, four first round exits. It's a stupid sport. Nobody likes it. <laughs> And in this one, I lost to one of my, one of my, uh, the most annoying kids I've ever met because Marquise Goodwin decided to run cardio. I don't know why I started him. I should have just started Hodgins or whatever, Brandon Cooks, even though I didn't know how involved he was going to be in the offense. Uh, Marquise Goodwin putting out a goose egg, but Matt LaFleur should be in jail for how he manages Aaron Jones. I think he got 
seven touches, um, <laughs> which is just a joke. Um, and Mike Evans, you know, more cardio for the big man. I still have a chance to salvage $30 by claiming third place, but at the... I, mean, I don't know because my team just loves cardio. All right, I'm out of all my leagues, so I don't really have much to talk about. Rough, rough year for me, as I said already many times. Just some finals. To the mean. Just some finals. I guess after eight years of being a god, you have to regress a little bit. Um, mean, I don't know about though. Finals advice. Um, for rights for fantasy football finals, which was this week. Um, just don't be afraid to put your balls on the line. Mm. I think you know, in fantasy football, as Fox will just learn, it's one week, one week. So. You know, don't be afraid to bench. Don't overthink it, but also don't be afraid to bench a yeah. star. Because, again, Rashad Penny won players' fantasy titles, and he was irrelevant all year. You might have the same thing. I'm thinking about... I don't, I don't think I actually think Hassan Haskins would be good, but players like... I was like, about to say. I'm, I think I'm going to start him over Aaron Jones. I don't know. No, don't do that because he's playing the Cowboys and the team sucks. But I know, but he's going to get so many touches. Maybe, but he is a good running back, I think. But regardless, players of the Hassan Haskins elk from nowhere that, you know, just don't be afraid to put your balls on the line. If it doesn't work, you can say, at least I tried. But also, at the same time, like, start your stars, right? Um, you never know what will happen. Last year, I should have won the father Son League if Matthew Stafford didn't put up six points. And he put up 12 instead, which more normal QBs do. He would have won, but you never know. So just, just, it all comes down to this. So just do whatever you can to win. Yeah, good luck. Predictions. Yo. Let's go. Big week last week in week three. Jacob is in Israel on a plane ride, so he's going to put those in later. Mm-hmm. So right now it's Dan, Jeremy, and me. Mm-hmm. Um, through three weeks, we got Jeremy. You know, he did a, had a good week. He's up to 33%. So he's made a little comeback better than 17%. Jacob's at 56%. Uh, me and Dan are tied at 67% after Dan kind of had the worst week at 3 and 6. I had... A sweep, six and six, a rare sweep. So, but almost, I was on. Almost. I was the, on. The Eagles were twenty yards away from it being another good week for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, with only six games every week, there's a lot of variability. Let's start with basketball, mm-hmm. where Jeremy's got the Seventy Sixers and me and Dan got the Pelicans. Why do you got the Seventy Sixers? Just John Reed's been incredible. I don't think they're a better team this year, but I do think they are currently a hotter team. And with how Joel, I, mean, I said he's leading, leading points. With how they've been playing, I think, to me, I just think at this moment the 76ers are better. I love picking basketball home teams, and that's why I'm a little afraid. But the Pelicans, we've had them a lot this year in predictions game. They're the one seed in the West. Um, they've been great. They've done me great every time predictions. So I gotta keep backing my boys. Plus Zion, these last five games are playing is playing like the best team player in the league. And obviously, we're picking a game that's happening in four days. But he's the hottest player in the league right now, other than Luca. So, I mean, you got to give it to him. He just has career high, and I think he dominates. So does the Pelicans. They have also, better team. Can I just say, I, this is not supporting the 76ers, but it's nice to see Zion playing good. Yeah. With how much he struggled in the first few yes. games, it's nice to see him finally kind of live up to his expectations. It's really nice to see. He never struggled. Like, that's the thing. Like, he was putting up godly rookie numbers. He was just always injured. So he lost yeah. weight a little bit. He's been great. All right. Now, battle of the one seeds. Yeah. West one seed. East one seed. Celtics Nuggets. Jeremy's got the Nuggets. Mm. And me and Dan got the Celtics. Jeremy, again, you dissent. Why? I think, to me, it kind of goes, again, picking the hotter team. I think both teams have an MVP. One MVP front riders. Both teams are incredible. I just think the Nuggets are hotter right now. I think the Celtics have been a streaky. They lost 5-6. Then they have won three in a row. And now I just, I feel like I trust the Nuggets at this instant more than I trust the Celtics. Uh, no, I trust the Celtics. I think they're back um, better than ever, you know. The three-game losing streak, yeah, Al Horford got tossed, uh, Tatum had a birthday to go to, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he had a, he had every right to. 
Um, and it was just sort of a weird week. And now they got Robert Williams back. He dropped 11 and 15 uh, the other day with both Jasons, both Jays dropping 38, which is just unbelievable. And um, I think they're going to exploit, you know, this Nuggets team, find, you know, it's not great defensively, and Celtics are historically good offensively. So, uh, yeah, I like the Celtics here. Yeah, I mean, the Celt- Nuggets have the best offense in the league, but their defense has been lackluster, to say the least. Celtics are they're still a top five offense. They're probably a top two defense. Best roster construction other than the Bucks, really, and they've been, like, they've been playing better than the Bucs. They just blew out the Bucs. So I, I think, again, I'm picking two away teams. It makes me nervous. But I, I don't want to pick against the Celtics team in the regular season this year, especially the way their wings are playing, and you dominate with wings. All right, four football games, none of which we agree in. Again, we, we've, been, we've yeah. been balling on predictions recently, mm-hmm. uh, Mia and Good Dan. Games, Good games, um, Jets, yeah. Seahawks, playoff spots on the line. Dan, you got Seahawks. Yeah. Me and Jeremy got Jets. Sorry, Jeremy, but the Seahawks, they have Kenneth Walker back. They seem to think he's healthy. They rushed him like yeah. 25 times. <laughs> uh, Tyler Lockett is expected to be back. Uh, just one week too late to save my season. And, you know, the Jets, I just think it's, it's just not, you it's know what? not, there's too much, there's too much drama, too much uncertainty. Do you know what the story of this team is, honestly? You know who's back? This is why I picked the Jets. It's G- Geno Smith versus the Jets. I know. Yeah, it's a revenge game for Geno Smith, and, hey, I think for me, look, let me put it like this. If the Seahawks win, all props to Geno Smith. I have no bad feelings for him. If anything, we ruined him, not vice versa. Yeah. So I think it's totally fair he gets his revenge game. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this just have a stifling defense. I think some little bit of old Geno's going to come back. He's going to be reminiscent a little bit about his Jets days. Remember how he used to play for us? I think, and to me, honestly, the biggest thing, Mike White's back. Yes. Mike White's been playing just, great. That's not, that's, that's even, in their losing, even in their losing streak, the Jets find great defense. Their offense is just so much better than Mike White and Zach Wilson. They 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 they, they almost beat the Bills with Mike White. They're just a different team. Even Mike, I, I'm I mean, not super okay, high on Mike White. Okay, but. no, no, no. We beat the Bills. We did beat the Bills with Zach Wilson. That's not the, the justification. Fair enough. But my right. only point is, uh, I was there at that game, by the way. Cool. But uh, my only point is, I think our offense is a completely different offense to Mike White. And I, I don't that. think, yeah, no, 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 I don't think we, with Zach Wilson, I, I don't think I could pick this for Jets in good conscience. I still right. might, but I don't think I could. Dolphins, I Patriots, think... I got Patriots, I'm again, oh, no, 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 this time it's Jeremy and Dan on the Dolphins, tell us why. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins have speed, speed, and more speed, and the Patriots have one of the slowest defenses in the league. Teddy is serviceable, if not flashy. He, he might be able to do some things that Tua couldn't. And the Patriots' offense is just so dysfunctional, such a mess. They're just completely collapsing. While the Dolphins have been losing, it's it's not been nearly as... Uh, I mean, they barely lost the Bills. Packers are hot. Yeah. This isn't like a Patriots team, you know, losing to Josh McDaniels on a lateral. Yeah, I and mean... I guess, too, to me, is it's just... I Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I just don't think the Patriots defense has the personnel to deal with these receivers is honestly what I think comes down to. Like, I just think no matter how... I think Dan said it right with speed. No matter how well you coach, you can't out-coach speed with inferior players. Other than Matt Judon, who's obviously incredible. I just think the Dolphins have a better team. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Teddy Bridgewater's in. Uh, Patriots just do well against backup QBs. I think Bill Belichick masterclass. I think it's a low-scoring win for the uh, Patriots. All right, Vikings-Packers, another time I am dissenting. You guys got Vikings, huh? You, you don't really know what to do with the Vikings. Whenever they hop on these predictions, uh, you know, they beat the Bills at, on the road, they lose to the Cowboys by 40 at home, 
It's like, what do you do with these guys? Every game's so close. It's always a coin flip, and this game will probably be a coin flip too. But I just think talent-wise, they're better than the Packers. I don't see anybody on the Packers who could guard Justin Jefferson. Although I do worry about Kirk Cousins on the road, in the cold, outdoors, yep. in a big game, which okay. is probably why Ellis is picking against I, Okay, no, no. Let, let's cold, go. on the road, they're going to bring back Aaron Rodgers, no, no, they're going to bring back Aaron Dillon, they're going to bring back uh, AJ Dillon, they're going to bring back Aaron Jones, Hopefully. Aaron Rodgers' masterclass. I'm no, feeling I'm feeling no. good about this game. Viking no, 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 secondary is god horrible. They're going to get Christian Watson yeah. involved. I think this is a I think this is a classic. Well, Watson got hurt last. Oh yeah. right, but well, I still think I don't care. It's classic I, Vikings. Well, all I'm Packers saying wins. is, I'm feeling very good about this game too. I I'm not being gonna be like indecisive on this one. I think because mm. I think it's for two reasons. First of all, I think there's been a lot of. Like hate on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, arguably, why? He's he's eleven and zero in close games this year. Nah, we're not talking. Oh. We're not. We're not. I'm not saying they were all based on him, but he's played well this year. You know who hasn't played well a lot of this year? Aaron Rodgers. In the beginning. In addition, they he has you did not that great recently. I he I, has, I rather Aaron Rodgers than Kirk Cousins. Still, I don't care. I I'm not saying I'm not saying I disagree with you on that. My only point is. I think it's time to put some respect on this Vikings team. And I also think that we're saying this could be a coin flip game. Well, which one of these two teams has been fantastic at winning coin yeah, flip games? Yeah, but eventually, just like Ellis you keep fantasy, on regression in the mean. I mean, they're eleven and zero. We keep on saying eventually. When's it going to happen? Uh, it's not going to be playoffs. Close. I'm probably. You, but... I'm going to tell you right now. It's not going to be a close game. This is a Lambo special. No. If it was Vikings home, I respect the Vikings. If it was at the Vikings home, easy Vikings win. But in the tundra of Lambo, this just seems like this just. Perfectly sets up for a Rodgers masterclass. This All right. prediction does not seem like you respect the Vikings. I respect anyway. them last week. Bills, Bengals. Me and Jeremy got the Bills. Dan, why do you have the Bengals? Just Zach Taylor. No. Um, <laughs> but real. But for real, like the Bengals are great. The Bengals are they're peaking at the right time. They've got all of their pieces back. They are probably the best. You know, since Jamar Chase got back, the best passing offense. And you know, if I had to take one going forward, probably. This quarterback with this weapons and this offensive line. I know uh, who got hurt. Uh, was it Lyle Collins? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, still Joe Burrow. Maybe it'll impact the game a little bit, but definitely still a better offensive line than last year. At Monday night, probably the biggest regular season game in Bengals history. Yeah, probably. Bengals history. Maybe, you got, yeah. You got a one seed on the line. This is the difference between a one seed and really a three seed for both teams. I'm excited to watch. I'll be in Florida, so I'll be in watching alone, which is kind of sad. But regardless. And I just think the Bills on the road, I see, I see they, they still feel like they haven't really gone into gear yet. I see a couple Josh Allen picks. I, I still haven't really seen them play a complete game. Yeah. You know, Dolphins went up and down the field, and then the Bears keeping close with them. Um, I, yeah. I, I regret this pick. I would pick the Bengals. Um, I, I don't like the fact that I'm picking five away teams. I kind of wish I picked the Bengals. But it's too late now. I'm going to stick with the Bills. I think talent-wise, they're equal, and I think Josh Allen has a great game. I, but I kind of disagree with my pick. I, I think, so I will say I'm also picking the Bills here. This, I said I was very confident about my last pick. I'm not at all confident about this pick. I think these teams are very evenly matched. I think this will be an incredible game. To me, the reason I'm picking the Bills is a very specific reason, and that's the Bengals' run game. The Bengals' run game has been struggling the past two weeks or Don't so. worry, Zach Taylor's going to rush it for 30 times. That's, beyond Elsa Zach Taylor slander aside, I just think... Wait, whose run game has been struggling? The Bengals. And I just well, think... they're throwing the ball for 450 yards. I just think it's going to be... I don't think they're going to be able to do that against the Bills. And I think 
I don't like, think... Bill Secondary's been bad if they don't season. If they don't have a good run game established to keep Josh Allen off the field, I don't really see the Bengals well, winning. The Bills aren't going to be able to run the ball either. So yeah. we got a good old-fashioned shootout. Should be a good one. All right. Fair. Yeah, I, I actually should pick the Bengals. I'm annoyed about that. Land diving is the wacky sport of the week. <laughs> From the Pentecost Islands in Vanuatu. Uh, people have been practicing land diving for a long time over there. What? It's a pretty big ceremony from yeah. only males. At what? Uh, yeah. Hashtag let women land let women dive. Let land too. dive, yeah. Hashtag um, feminism. They start at seven. Um, it is a, it's also considered the birthplace of bungee jumping, so mm-hmm. it's a, bungee jumping is like the second coming of land diving. Um, they jump from 20 to 30 meter high tree towers with their leg tied to vines, which is just like bungee jumping. And you just have to touch the ground with your hands. <laughs> this just sounds like bungee jumping. This, this site, sounds like bungee jumping that's a lot more dangerous. Top end sports, and thank stupid. you for this. And, and they have a sentence. Yeah, see, I, I don't like... not an exact science, and there have been some tragedies over time. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this more. I don't like they don't let women land jump. The f- and, and I don't like how it just seems like bungee jumping, except less cool, more dangerous, more stupid. The sport, it's, it, bungee jumping came from this, so it's the original. The sport was first given international exposure when a BBC film crew filmed the ritual in the 1950s. When Queen Elizabeth visited the island, and when Queen Elizabeth was there, uh, the jump was performed too early, when the vines were much less elastic, and an islander died. Oh, uh, <laughs> so all, all funny, I'm saying is like, thank you, Top End Sports. That was interesting. All, all, all I'm sure. saying with that is like, you, yeah, it's like get it's old and tradition, but like, but you don't exist for reasons. Same thing with like fencing, right? It came from actual surfing where people died, but there's a reason we don't kill people anymore. We yeah, evolved. That, that was a great, that's why we evolved to bungee jumping, but yet we're still land jumping. <laughs> great, wacky sport. It's just this one island. All right, let's quickly wrap it up before I kick these fools out of the house because I haven't ate breakfast yet. It's 3.30, by the way, listeners. Yeah, I had a, cho- I had a protein bar slash chocolate bar. But, um, all right, next week we'll talk some probably more NFL. Have a happy new year, of course. If you want to start your own podcast, do that on Buzzsprout. You can get the free plan or the paid plan. Both are great. Great hosting platform for your podcast. Get you on all the main directories. Simple and easy to use. Paid plan comes with an Amazon gift card. Use the link in our bio or descriptions. We have them there. Again, start Buzzsprout. Let's do our own podcast at Who's on Top. That's WHO apostrophe S space O and space T-O-P. Again, WHO apostrophe S space O and space T-O-P. All the main directories, except for Amazon. Most listen to our Spotify and Apple podcasts. Leave a rating and like. Five stars, hopefully, and the rating good, but we always take constructive criticism. If not, hopefully it is, though. Follow the podcast, of course. Yeah. Turn on notifications so you always know when the new podcast is out and like the podcast. Yeah. Also on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram, Watt.podcast, it's capital W, rest lowercase, O-T.P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Again, capital W, rest lowercase, O-T.P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Twitter. You always know when the new standings are out. We have posts, the games you got to watch out for, plus who's leading in the standing updates. Uh, you also have highlights of the episodes, the best parts of the episode. Plus, you always know when the new episode's out. Plus, the link to our episodes are always in our Twitter bio. Same thing for Instagram. Links to our episodes are in our Instagram bio. We have polls there. You can track our Hall of Shame, Hall of Fame. We're very interactive on both Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, we also have face shops. Highlights of the episode as well. And you always know when the new episode is out. So follow our Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. I think that is all the announcements for today. Again, have a great New Year's. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And goodbye. Goodbye.